the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. In the Bible, if you looked at it and searched, you would find names of people that are mentioned only one time. Names that are hidden, so to speak. Uncommon names, uncommon people, where they receive no fanfare, no applause, no kudos. There are people in the Bible, their names are there. There's never, ever been a sermon written about them. But tucked away in the Bible are all kinds of people. When you see their name, you ask, well, who's that? Maybe you're reading a genealogy or some obscure passage. And if you'll just stop for just a moment and look at that name, you would discover, write this down in your notes, that some of the lesser known people in the Bible did some very, very significant things. One of such names in the Bible, you might not have ever heard of him. Oh, I'm sure you've read the Bible many times and you just skipped right over his name. But have you ever seen this name? I just want to put it on the screen, Tertius. I want you to write his name down. Tertius was a scribe. That was his occupation. That was his trade. Now in the Bible, it's made up of 66 books written by 40 different authors. One of those 40 authors, I want you to write his name down, is Paul the Apostle. Paul was an author. We believe that Paul wrote half as an author. He wrote half of this book. But in order to understand Tertius as a scribe, you must first know something about the Apostle Paul as an author who wrote half of the New Testament. There are many people believe, and I believe it, I want you to write this down, that Paul had poor eyesight. He couldn't see very well. There are many who say, well, how do you know he had poor vision? Well, there's all kinds of verses if you read. And there are people that have studied all of his letters, and they find these little things. Oh, that, that, that looks like he doesn't see very well. You say, well, show me a couple. Well, here's one in Galatians 4.15. You might have skipped over this too. Paul wrote these words, I can testify that if you could have done so, why, you would have torn out your own eyes and given them to me. Well, why would he say something like that if he didn't have poor eyesight? It's very obvious. There are some people that believe in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, where Paul prayed three times to remove this thorn from my side, that it wasn't an actual thorn in his side. 
that that thorn was some type of physical ailment. And there are many scholars who believe that the physical ailment that Paul prayed that God would solve was this problem with his vision. We have this verse too in Galatians 6 verse 11. Uh, Paul writes, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Well, why would you use big letters? Well, the only reason you do that because you can't see very well. What's the point? Here's the point. Oftentimes we say, oh, such and such wrote one of the books of the Bible. But many times that author would only dictate the letter while he was being led by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course. The author would dictate the letter And he would speak to the scribe, and he would say, Scribe, write this down. Scribe, record this letter. Here we go. And the scribe would get his pen, he would get his inkwell, he would get his parchment, and he would begin to write. And in our story today, in the power of one, it's the story of Tertius, a scribe. He is our illustration today, and most of you here today have never even heard of the guy. I want to tell you his story. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. This book, this letter, Romans, is considered by some to be the greatest letter that has ever been written in the history of the world. Paul was the one who wrote this, and it was addressed to the Christians that lived in Rome. When Paul wrote this, he had not yet gone to Rome He wanted to go to Rome because it was a large city, and Paul always wanted to take the gospel to the large cities as well as the small cities. You say, well, how do you know this? Well, look at the very first verse, Romans 1, verse 1, the first word, Paul. There it is. A servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. Verse 2, the gospel that he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And then if you skip down to verse 7, there it is. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be what? Saints. And he begins writing this letter. And if you read all 16 chapters, it is a relentless stream of divine truth. It is considered a theological jewel with powerful conclusions the most significant letter of all of Paul's writings. It is the longest letter of all of Paul's writings. It helped shape the Reformation movement uh, in in the world. It identifies our need for salvation. It explains our need for grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It provides the impetus in the church for revival and renewal. Its mandates are universal. Paul's letter to the Romans is considered to be a masterpiece. And understandably, he gets all the credit because he's a man of God. He's an educated man. He's anointed of God. And he authors the greatest letter ever to be written. But I want you to turn back to chapter 16. Go all the way back to the very last chapter. And at the end, you have a list of all these names that usually you just skip right over. But here it is in verse 22. Look who shows up in the verse tw- at the very end of the book. I, Tertius, who wrote down this what? In other words, Tertius was the guy... Tertius was the scribe when Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, 
was dictating this divine-inspired book of Romans, Tertius was the guy that actually wrote it down line by line, word by word, letter by letter, just so you could have a copy of it. And I want you to think about this, that this one book in the Bible that is considered to be the most important letter in the entire Bible is in our hands today partially due to the unique talent and underappreciated scribe by the name of Tertius. And I want you to think for just a moment. Think about all the sermons that have ever been preached from the book of Romans. Think about all the passages of the Bible that have been studied or read in the book of Romans. Think about all the people that have been saved because of the book of Romans. Think about all the Christians that have ever been encouraged by the book of Romans over the past 2,000 years, and we owe it all to a lowly scribe by the name of Tertius that none of you have even heard of. There were several things that came to my mind that we need to learn. Number one, write this down. Sometimes you need to know that you're not the guy. What I mean by that is sometimes you're not the guy who makes the impressioned, impassioned, braveheart speech that inspires a nation. Sometimes you're not the hero who wins the football game. Sometimes you're not the leading actor or the leading actress uh, playing in the starring role. Sometimes you're not the pastor that is burdened with leading a church of thousands. Sometimes you're the guy who helps the guy. Sometimes you're the person that helps the gal. And in many of our stories in this series, The Power of One, we see heroes who trusted God, who made decisions that had a massive impact. But sometimes you're not the hero. You're not the leading character of the movie. I want you to write this down. Sometimes you're just the sidekick. You're the assistant. God might not call upon you to make history-altering decisions or to be the hero of the story. Maybe God is calling you to do something small, but that small part, you doing your small part, is going to make a huge difference in the entire world. The letter C, write this down. This is the, this is the lesson. Being faithful at your small task is just as important as the person who gets all of the credit. Tertius played one small but important part in making the gospel available for all people. So the fourth point is a question, what role are you playing right now that makes the gospel available for everyone in this world? Each and every one of you, there are no exceptions, each and every one of you has a role to play. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, now you are the body of what? You are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. I want to read this to you, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. Now the body, everybody say body, is not made up of one part, but of what? Of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. What does that mean? That means that if you're sitting here today, 
and you're thinking, well, this church is so large, they don't need me, little old me. They get along fine without me. That's like the ear saying, I don't need to be a part of the body because of the eye. And the Bible says that that's not true. It doesn't matter how small your role is, your role is important here in this church. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, that'd look kind of weird. It would just a bunch of eyeballs roll around. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smelling be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in this body and every one of them just as he wanted them to be. Verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, and just so you know, this weekend in this church, we will have close to 10,000 people in this church. And even though we have 10,000 people, we all together make up just one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Verse 22, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. In other words, there is no sitting on the sidelines. Let's be honest here today. There are many people who come to church, they get out of their car, and they come in here and they sit down, and after church, they're going to leave and go back in their car. And they have not played any role in the, in the life of this church in an entire week or an entire month or even an entire year. The body of Christ needs you. We need you. Your role is indispensable. Jesus said, if your role is this little weak thing over here that no one even knows who you are and, and, and you, you're not like the eye that gets all the credit, you're just, you're just an ear kind of stuck back there in the back full of earwax. He said, your role is indispensable. You not doing your role affects the entire church. Now, I know most of you have jobs. I'm glad you got a job. Most of you provide for your family. I'm thankful you provide for your family. You should provide for your family. Most of you have certain skills and gifts in town. In fact, some of you are extremely gifted. I applaud God for giving you all those gifts. But your skill set, your talent, your giftedness is to go far beyond just putting food on your table. The reason God gave you those skills and that gift, that giftedness is that those gifts would be used in the kingdom of God to build up the local church. The Bible says that each member belongs to all the others. The question is, where are you serving in the body of Christ today? 1 Peter 4 says that each one, which means there's no exceptions, each one of you should use whatever gift he has received from God to serve others faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. If anybody speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things, a God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. which is letter F, the reason we serve is to give glory to God. Now, who, who is the author of the book of Romans? Who's the author? 
Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But who was the guy that actually wrote it down? Tertius. And what verse is Tertius found? 22. At the very end, the last three verses of the greatest letter that has ever been written, you find these words. Paul is speaking. Tertius is writing. Now to him who's able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery hidden from long ages past, now revealed and made known through the prophetic writing by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey Him to the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Little old Tertius, no one knows who he is, working for blind Paul as he dictates this inspiring book, and Tertius is sitting there as a scribe, probably all hunched over, writing this out. No one ever gave him any credit. But at the end of the day, as the book is finished, all glory goes to who? It goes to Jesus Christ. And if you're the famous author, Paul, that writes the greatest life transformational letter that's ever written, or if you're just a lowly scribe that no one's ever heard of, be faithful to your task. No task is too small. No ministry is irrelevant. No job is menial. Our faithfulness ends up glorifying our heavenly Father. Amen and amen. This week, Tuesday night, I was asked to go speak to a gathering of businessmen down in Orange County. I had invited some people from this church to meet me. One couple I invited, their names are Scott and Denise, and Scott and Denise used to go to this church. They moved years ago down to Dana Point, which is down in Orange County, and uh, Denise has been battling a stage four cancer. She's always been a healthy eater, a healthy lifestyle, godly woman, but uh, cancer is just beating her up. And she keeps getting off the mat. And she just maintains this, this, this attitude that all things are in, in God's hands. There's another couple that, that lives here. They live right across the street. And their names are Lawson and Joanne. Lawson is a businessman, uh, a commercial real estate broker. And every Thursday morning, he hosts a Bible study in downtown Los Angeles for businessmen. He's been doing it for years. No fanfare. Nobody knows who he is. He just goes down there and hosts this men's Bible study in downtown L.A. for any businessman who wants to show up. Joanne has this bright red hair, like there's batteries in it. (laughs) She is a prayer warrior. If she she just senses something's wrong with you, she's going to come over and pray for you. That's who she is. And... um, I invited them to come down because I know it was a long drive to get down there because Lawson does that men's Bible study in downtown L.A., and I thought he might want to see this group of men that are down in Orange County. And uh, when I signed up, this is too much information, but I called the guy. I said, hey, I'm inviting some people from my church. I want them to sit at my table. He said, hey, no problem. Every table's got 10 people to it. They can sit at your table. Perfect. I thought I was going to get to spend some time with Scott and Denise and 
Lawson and Joanne. And I get down there, and he announces in front of the whole group, uh, we have a special place for Dudley to sit. And uh, so I didn't get to sit with him. I look back in the corner of the room, and here sitting next to each other is Lawson and Joanne sitting with Scott and Denise. You also don't know this, but Lawson, all by himself, and Joanne, they years ago hooked up with an orphanage in Uganda. Lawson will tell you, I've never helped him. I've never done one thing to help him. He's just a businessman in this church who wanted to use his gifts, and he raises money and volunteers and travels back and forth to Uganda to an orphanage of young people whose parents are either dead or or are in prison. And they minister to these kids. And Joanne's favorite Bible verse, uh, one of them is Deuteronomy 1, verse 11, that reads, May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. And I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with this. The event was on Tuesday night. By Friday, Lawson and Joanne, I don't know how they did this. They contacted the orphanage in Uganda and had the children do a video to encourage Denise, quoting Deuteronomy chapter 1, and sent this video to Denise. Denise had no idea. I want to show you the video. It's like, it's like 10 seconds. Watch this video. May the Lord, the God of your ancestors, increase you a thousand times and raise you as he has promised. Dear Mommy Denise, we are praying that God gives you completely. We love you. Denise gets this video out of the blue from children in Uganda. And Denise has this response. You're not going to believe this. But my Bible reading assignment today in my meditation was Deuteronomy chapter 1. Only God can orchestrate something like that. Only God. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack. 
and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.